Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. It is so awesome to have you here listening to our show. This is a daily athletics Duke podcast where we talk everything going on in the world of Duke athletics, get to connect with a lot of former players and coaches, and uh, yeah, it's been a whole lot of fun doing this ride. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils or follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Any questions that you ever have that you would like to be answered in future Mailbag Mondays, send them to us on Twitter or an email, LockedOnBlueDevils at gmail.com. I answer all of those when you send questions our way. If you would also take the time to leave us a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform of choice, particularly on the Apple Podcast platform. That really helps us be easier to be found. And, uh, yeah, it means a lot. When you do that, we do Five Star Friday shout-outs here on this program for folks that leave us a five-star review. So thank you for that. On today's show, Andy Borman is going to join us. He is a former Duke men's basketball player and Duke men's soccer player from his time in Durham right at the turn of the century, the early 2000s. Borman also just so happens to be the nephew of Duke men's basketball head coach Mike Krzyzewski and the AAU coach for the New York Wrens, which is where Kyle Filipowski, one of the Duke recruits for 2022, plays. So it's a great time to chat with Andy Borman on a variety of different topics. You'll hear from him after this on Locked on Blue Devils. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything that you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On Blue Devils in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Welcome back into the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, and I am so honored and thrilled to bring on Andy Borman into the program, the former Duke basketball player, Duke soccer player, and now doing a lot of different cool things in his life. He's here to speak with us on the podcast today. Andy, my friend, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I can't complain. Look, it's a, it's a, it's a Thursday here, and uh, we're getting a chance to talk about Duke basketball, which is outstanding, and I'm seeing news that later tonight – the entire ACC schedule is going to be released conference-wide. Uh, so we'll get an idea of uh, when Duke heads to various spots and that sort of thing as we're all trying to kind of soak up this last ride. So uh, I can't complain. Isn't it kind of wild that basketball season's right around the corner if they're going to give us the schedule a little bit later tonight? It is. I saw, um, I saw a tweet that it's exactly 30 days until um, countdown to craziness, okay. <laughs> which is – 
less than, less than a month. Back in my day, it was called the Blue White Scrimmage. Um, but less than 30 days. That was pretty crazy. Here we are. We're getting ready for it. So you obviously had a uh, just incredible story uh, getting to play both soccer and basketball for Duke. I want to get into a little bit of, of your background. Uh, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the soccer career first, though, Andy, because uh, I, I think a lot of people in the Duke world go to basketball first and foremost. And it's so cool. This guy was on a 2001 national championship team, which we'll get to at some point. But uh, let me start with, with soccer. Tell me about uh, how Duke came across uh, the, the soccer radar for you. Yeah, I, you know, I was a better soccer player than a basketball player, you know, surprise, surprise. (laughs) Um, I just, you know, my heart, you know, beats like a basketball. Um, But there was, there was no way, you know, that, that I would ever, you know, have have been recruited by a school like Duke um, for hoops. Uh, So my, my senior year of high school, I was going to uh, uh, the soccer academy down at IMG in Florida. And, you know, the Duke coaches actually came to watch one of my teammates. And while they're watching one of my teammates said, you know, hey, you know, this is a guy that that we may need to recruit. So that's kind of how I ended up at Duke through the soccer route and then played four years of soccer there and loved, you know, every single second of it. Um, but yeah, I, I was, you know, I got into Duke, you know, initially through that route. So obviously I've, I've done some research looking back on the bio and again, the soccer career that you mentioned too, and, and some years on uh, the basketball floor for the Duke Blue Devils as well. But looking at the bio, you mentioned your time at IMG Academy there in Florida. I'm seeing here, Andy, that you were a state champion in North Carolina and then, leave the state and now you're a state championship in Florida. Like, do you think back on those state titles at all? A little bit. Um, our, our Florida. That's impressive. Um, our, see, so the, the North Carolina state championship, you know, what was really incredibly earned and hard fought the, the Florida one, not so much because we were at IMG as a soccer Academy and we went to this tiny school called Bradenton Academy. <laughs> and on, on our high school soccer team, out of the 20 members on our high school soccer team, you know, down there that year, I, I believe like four or five of them ended up playing for the United States in a World Cup. Oh, my God. You know, like, like DeMarcus Beasley played on that team. And, you know, like Landon Donovan, you know, like we, we had – I, I want to say we had like four World Cup members, like ten pros. It was, it was really unfair. You know, at, like we used to, um, if you won by more than ten goals, they would stop the game. So we used to get the game to nine goals. So we're up nine zero, and we would just sit right at nine goals because. <laughs> If, if, if we didn't return to campus past 7.30, they had to take us to Applebee's. So <laughs> All right. We, yeah, so we, that, the, the Florida one, not so hard fought. Um, the North Carolina one was definitely hard fought and earned. 
That's amazing. And, and name dropping a yeah. lot of World Cup play- That's crazy to think about. Well, yeah. That's awesome. It was so cool. That's it awesome. was so it, when I was at yeah, when I was at IMG for soccer, it was the year before the US national team started bringing their youth programs down there. Uh-huh. So for that year, they told a bunch of the youth kids, you know, like Landon and DeMarcus and those guys, you know, like, hey, our program's not going to start up till January. But if you want to go at the start of the school year, you know, like you can go on a full scholarship. So for the first semester of that year, we were training with a ton of those guys that were, you know, incredible. So anyways, it was really fun. That's epic. That's epic. It's Andy Borman joining us here on the show. We talked about uh, his career with Duke soccer. Also got a chance to play for Duke men's basketball. And as it's well known at this point, Coach K also happens to be your uncle, Andy. Uh, So I would imagine with that being the case, Duke basketball was just something in your life since day one. Were you always closely following the team? Yeah, I mean, Coach K started at Duke in 1980, and that was the same year I was born. Heck yeah. So... (laughs) It's safe to say I grew up, you know, around and idolizing, you know, all the guys. That's awesome. Where's uh, the transition from uncle to coach? Talk me through that. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a transition. So it was it was towards the end of my freshman soccer season. Okay, and uh, you know we we still had season left, but. You know what, you know, Coach K, you know, called me into his office. And so I went in to check in on him. And uh, he just said, hey, I think I think we're going to need another body, um, you know, as a walk-on. And when soccer season's over, you know, why don't you come in and practice with the guys for a couple days? And we'll see if it's a fit, which is like a dream for me, right? <laughs> but But at the same time, you know, I, have, I haven't played basketball, I haven't been practicing basketball. I had no expectation of doing that. I was just there for soccer. So when the basketball season, or when the soccer season was over, and I got a chance to do that, I, you know, it, it, it's not, you know, it's not like I'm walking in there like a finely tuned machine by any stretch. Um, so I went in there, and, and any time I was on the court, I, I pretty much made, made a mistake. Um, and I, I can't remember if it was the third mistake or the 30th mistake, <laughs> but, uh, you know, at one point, you know, he just stopped practice and lit into me pretty good. And I think it, you know, and by the way, I loved it. Right. Because at that <laughs> point, you know, now I'm, now I'm being coached by coach K. Right. Right. So let, let, let's not act like it was anything other than awesome. Um, but yes, that was. You know, that moment was kind of the official transition, you know, from, you know, Uncle Mike to Coach K. Um, And by the way, I wouldn't want it any other way, to be, you know, perfectly honest. You know, that's exactly how I would want it. You know, the way I always felt is that a lot of people have uncles. (laughs) Very few people got a chance to be coached by Coach K. Right. And, you know, that's rare air. So it was, it was exactly the way I would want it. 
So all these years later, is he is he coach or has he gone back to Uncle Mike? No, he's he's coach. He's coach. Um, and and he would. I mean, I'm sure he would be fine no matter what. You know, the, right. the coach thing. <laughs> you know, the the coach thing. You know, is you know, I'm a coach. You know, I always grew up wanting to be coached by him. And sure. by the way, not just by him. You know. Like, this coaching staff had all my heroes on it. You know, Johnny Dawkins, Chris Collins, Steve Wojciechowski. Great point. You know, the, those, those guys, I, I grew up, you know, watching, watching. Those guys were my heroes. You know, so obviously Coach K was like my mega hero. You know, but the, the whole thing was incredible. You know, so, no, he, he, I still call him Coach. You know that that's not like a a requirement. That that's yeah. like I said, it's an honor. That's outstanding. Today's show was brought to you by our friends over at Sweat Block. Hey guys, so there are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know when you were sweating through your shirts for no reason? It's embarrassing, right? Some of you may know that I personally have dealt with this. When I speak in public, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. Now listen, I know this isn't life and death, and there are much worse problems in the world. But let's be honest. In the moment, it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date, God forbid. I'd much rather not worry about it. And that's why I use Sweatblock Antiperspirant Wipe. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirant. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use Sweatblock once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at betonline.ag. It is that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the latest odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's brand new. That is brand new from our friends over at BetOnline. If you use promo code LOCKEDON and sign up today, you receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day Super Promo and make a bet on Thursday, September 9th's season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all these great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Remember to use promo code Locked On. Andy Borman's here with us on the program. We talked about the state championships in high school. Let's talk about the national one. 2001 Duke Blue Devils winning the national championship, the third for coach, the first for uh, Andy Borman. What was your favorite part of that run? Oh, man, I, I think uh, there are so many highlights. 
you know, throughout that entire year. Um, you know, obviously some of the ones that stand out, you know, was the miracle minute at Maryland. Um, you know, the right. comeback, you know, the, the, the team comeback after Carlos got injured, you know, like, you know, when, when Carlos broke his foot, you know, the, there's no telling, you know, and then like for us to kind of rebound as a group, um, you know, the running into the locker room, you know, in the final four, you know, down 11 to Maryland, but we had been down 22 and just knowing we were going to win that game. Right. You know, like, so, so we, we had those, but, you know, for me personally, it was always the guys, you know, it, it was always my teammates. It was always hanging out in the locker room, you know, being together, traveling on the road, funny stories that are not probably appropriate <laughs> for public consumption, sure. you know, but like for me, it was always, you know, you know, my, my best friends to this day were on that team, you know, so like that, that was always the most important thing for me. So looking back on that run that, that happened in 2001, and I'm always curious the perspective of those walk-on players, and quite frankly, never had the opportunity to ask them a question like this. You're, you're pretty honest with yourself, Andy, as you're mentioning uh, the runs that you would have in practice. In those big games, you know you're not getting into the game, right? How nervous do you get? in those moments do you still get nervous like watching your teammates out there in those big moments or what is it like being on the team but knowing I just I truly have a front row seat to this and it's all it is at this yeah. point yeah no I mean I mean I look I knew I knew that I was never going in in those moments and to be honest with you I never wanted to go <laughs> in in those moments um you know th that's you know my job was to try to help prepare guys for those moments. Um, and, and that was enough for me, but as, as far as nerves, hell yeah, you know, definitely, definitely nervous. Cause, cause you've invested, yeah. you know, you, you've been, you've invested time and energy and sweat. And, you know, like, like the thing that was great about Duke basketball you know, is, is we really were a family and, and they are a family today, you know, but you know, wh whether you're a manager, a walk on a scholarship player or Shane Battier, you know, like we were all treated with the same level of, you know, honestly, like care, but also, you know, like I said, you know, if, if you screw up, you know, you're getting it, you know, so we, we were all invested, you know, a hundred percent. And I think that's why, you know, we had the success that we did. I think that's why we stay in touch to the level that we do, you know, and, and I think that's why that team was so special to be perfectly candid. As you take a look at Duke basketball over the years, a lot of people obviously remember the national championships and rightfully so, but there are also moments of reflection where it's like, man, we were we were pretty close to a couple of more. Looking back on your oh career, a, you know, after after one you've still got a couple of years left on campus. You feel like a couple got away? I think I think we should have three. Yeah, personally, I think we should, I think we should have had O one. Um, I, I or we had O one. Right. Um, I think we I think we should have had O two. 
Um, and I think we should have had 04. You know, th- those, those three. Um, you know, the fact that it didn't happen makes 01 that much more special. And it, and it shows you how rare it is. Right. You know, because, you know, I think in 02, you know, if we play that NCAA tournament 50 times, I think we win it, you know, 40, 45 of them. You know, like we were that good. Right. You know, we were that good. Um, but it also, you know, it's just one game on any given day. But, yes, it would be a crazy thing to have three national championship rings. <laughs> that would be – it would be a wonderfully beautiful and crazy thing. And, and talking about O two 2 in particular and kind of thinking back on that, also kind of how cool the decade separation would be because it's already impossible to repeat. And, obviously, Duke was able to do that 91, 92. You're 11, 12 years old at that point. And then a decade later, oh one, oh two, when you're actually on the team, yeah. like that would have been amazing. Oh my gosh. And that's why I say like it's uh you care. You know, it, it, there there's there's no other way to say it. You know, like when those games come on ESPN Classic, you know, you still kind of pause and watch them and and if it's a game that we ended up winning, you know, then you're just kind of like you know, you're in the moment, you know, but by the way, it's equally devastating when when you watch a game, you lose, you know, like losing to Indiana in 02 is hard. Yeah. Like that's hard to watch, you know, losing to UConn in the final four in 04, you know, that's, it's hard. You know, it still hurts. Yeah. It still hurts. There's definitely. still moments in those games, though, where I'm, where you kind of go back and watch it, Andy, and I don't know if I'm the only one that does this, but sometimes I'm like, maybe just maybe they'll win this time, actually. And it's, yeah. you, you just sit there and you're like, oh, man. <laughs> you know well, what's coming, I mean, but in the moment yeah. you just get caught back up in the game and in the emotion of the game. Yeah, well, I mean, in the, in the 0-2 game, I'm always going like, you know, by the way, come on, Jay, make this free throw. But like, hey, Carl, Carlos got fouled. Right, <laughs> you know, on that offensive rebound, where's the whistle? Yep. Um, you know, and then in that '04 game, you know, when we play a really good UConn team, and you're sitting there watching Emeka Okafor, you know, play, you know, completely free of foul trouble, right? While our entire front line, our entire front line, not just Sheldon, the whole damn line, you know, was getting called for everything. And by the way, like, you know, for any UConn fan or Indiana, like, I know that I know how I sound right now. I know. <laughs> um, but you just care that much. Right. You know? So. No, that's fair. That's a fair perspective. It's, uh, it's Andy Borman. He's joining us on the podcast today. Played for the Duke Blue Devils in the early 2000s and won the 2001 National Championship. Now the executive director of the New York Renaissance of the Nike EYBL circuit. So catch me up to speed then, Andy. Like, how did how did you get to where you're at today post-Duke playing career? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I wanted, you know, like I said, since I was a teenager, I may have been better at soccer. But, uh, you know, I always wanted to be a basketball coach. You know, I'm related to the best one at it. Right. Um, you know, so that was always a goal of mine. So when I graduated from Duke, 
I went and did kind of like a volunteer assistant spot at Cal Berkeley for a year. Okay. And then I did another year as like the director of ops at San Jose State. Uh, one of the Cal Berkeley assistant coaches, George Nessman, got the head job at San Jose State. So I went with Coach Ness over there. And, you know, to be honest, I, I was learning so much. But, you know, when, when you're in, you know, that volunteer assistant role, you know, you're, you're not, you're not calling stuff, right? You're, you're, you're carrying out orders. Right. Um, and I was, I was hungry to call plays and I was hungry to, you know, kind of learn hands on. So I moved to Chicago and I created, uh, you know, a training program and kind of workout like basketball workout program. And then, and that's how I got into youth sports, you know, and, and, you know, you know, kind of the high school level and the, and the middle school level. And I've kind of been there ever since. And, and it led me from Chicago, you know, back to IMG and up to New York. And now I'm running the Wrens and I'm in, you know, year seven or year, I think it's starting year eight with the Wrens. Um, but I just love basketball and I love, helping kids, you know, kind of try to chase their dreams. What motivates you? Oh, I, I mean, from a personal standpoint, I love com competition. Mm -hmm. You know, I love competitive situations. Um, you know, I, I just, if, if there's a winner or a loser, you know, that, that for me, that's fun. Um, I like to compete. Um, you know, from... You know, a, a personal standpoint, you know, my, my, my job's not like a college job. You know, like I, I'm not, you know, I, my, my job isn't dependent on wins and losses or how far we make it at Peach Jam every year. Sure. Um, you know, so I get just a huge kick out of seeing our kids, you know, like because you're with them at the beginning of their, you know, recruitment and at the end. You know, so it's really cool to see them, you know, kind of talk about what they hope to achieve and then, you know, help them work towards it and then see them achieve it is, you know, it, it's extremely rewarding. So let's kind of wrap up by kind of going full circle with what you're setting up there, and that's uh, the recruitment of players and, and sort of that being the rewarding feeling for you. Obviously, uh, there's been a lot of talk about one of your players now, Kyle Filipowski, who's made the decision to commit to Duke. I've heard you speak prior uh, on, on the Duke Basketball Report podcast, actually, about uh, you know Filipowski skyrocketing up the boards in terms of recruiting rankings. And that has continued as recently as this week or last week as he continues to climb up. And it not being a Duke thing, Andy, right? I mean, Filipowski is someone that uh, truly has continued to work his tail off and improve, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think a large part, you know, it, it is COVID, right? And 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 I'm not I'm not trying to take anything away from Kyle because Kyle is a great kid. He's extremely talented. He works his butt off. Like he's he's everything you want in a in a in a player. Um, and and by the way, the Duke fans and family will love him. Like they will absolutely love him. <laughs> 
Now the rest of rest of the country may not, but yeah. you know the Duke family will. But no, I, th- I think part of it too, you know, with COVID, there was that twelve to eighteen month window where you know these kids were just not seen. You know, like no one saw them, right? Like right. the evaluators, the ranking guys, the college coaches. You know, especially up here in the Northeast, you know, down, down where you are, down in Alabama, you guys were still playing ball. Right. You know, but up up here, you know, high school seasons got shut down. So, you know, if he would have been seen during that period, it would not have been such a, meri- you know, meteoric rise. You know, like there, there would have been a little bit more of a like, ooh, this kid can play, but then you, you know, you factor in the fact that he does work his tail off and he is extremely coachable. And then I think the last part with Kyle is that he's really good with good players, you know, because he's not, he's not a one dimensional kid. You know, he's not just a scorer or just a defender, you know, like he's a great passer. He's got great feel you know, like he's, he's really, you know, such a great kid because he's also great with other great players. And it looks like Duke's got a good recruiting class that they're putting together that he's going to be able to play with. And uh, John Shire might be able to add a couple of more guys into the mix. Tell me a little bit more uh, about Filipowski's game though, from what you've seen over the years, like what, what can we expect uh, on the floor? Yeah. I mean, the the first thing I'd say is, you know, don't forget he's going to be a freshman. You know, so, you know, that that's one of the things I probably should have started off with when I was on the Duke basketball report, you know, because I, I, I start comparing Kyle, you know, to a Dunleavy and a Singler. Sure. Um, and then and then everybody starts to think about Dunleavy and Singler at the end of their career. Right. You know, Dun, Dunleavy as a junior, you know, and Singler as a senior, um, you know, but – they don't want to remember Mike or Kyle Singler, you know, as freshmen, right? So, you know, Kyle Filipowski will be coming in as a freshman. He will make mistakes, but this is a six foot 11 kid that can do everything. You know, he, he can guard multiple positions. He can guard a guard. He can block shots. He can rebound, you know, on offense. He can post a mismatch. He can handle the ball. He's a great passer. He can shoot it. I mean, he really, like, you know, when you think about, like, you know, the guys we're talking about, you know, like Dunleavy, Singler, like, they could do all those things, too. Um, You know, so I think that's his – I think that's his mold. You know, like, if you're going to define him, you know, you're going to define him with versatility. Um, The other thing is – all he wants to do is win, which is great, you know, which is absolutely great. So he, he's going to be, like I said, he's going to be a guy that is really fun to watch. He's going to be a guy that's great with great teammates. Um, and he's going to be a guy that's, you know, one-dimensional about winning. That, that's just the way his mind works. I want to follow up on something that you said about Filipowski in particular, you talk about uh, personality and that sort of thing. Duke fans absolutely loving him, 
the rest of the country, maybe not so much. Yeah. Same could be said for, for Dunleavy Single. I mean, we could go down a long line of list. And as you well know, Andy, you played there. There, there can be a stigma for the elite white players that are out there uh, playing Duke basketball. Is, is Filipowski going to buy into that? Like, what, what, do, what, do we, what can we expect personality-wise? You think? I mean, I, I don't, I don't think he's going to go in there and and you know receive you know the same type of you know venom you know that uh that a Redick, you know or a grayson right. or a late or a Leitner guy you know like no if that happens it happens and i don't think look kyle only cares about his family his teammates and his coach you know so if that happens he'll be perfectly fine i don't think it will happen but i do think that he's the type of kid that you love to coach and you love to play with. And I do think he's the type of kid that you don't want to play against, you know? So I do think he checks those boxes. You know, I I don't, I don't want to set him up to be, you know, the next villain, (laughs) you know, and by the way, none of those other guys were right. You know, but you know, but yeah, he's going to try to go down the middle of the, yeah, and he's going to try to go down the middle lane, and he's going to try to dunk it on somebody. And, you know, if he does, he's going to celebrate. And it'll be interesting to see. Are you going to celebrate? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no longer playing for you and, and, and playing for the alma mater and a no, team no, that you I'm loved your fan. whole life. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm a fan now. I, I, I'm a fan. So I, I, I cheer like a fan and act like a fan, <laughs> for sure. That's outstanding. All right, well, let's uh, let's sort of wrap this up. We mentioned later tonight we're going to get the full schedule release for the ACC, which means that uh, college basketball is right around the corner, 30 days until countdown. But for you personally, Peach Jam, this big summer event uh, that you participate in every year, what does your calendar look like this time of year, Andy? Like what's what's some of the big things coming up? Yeah, I mean, right now I am at the, you know, kind of tail end of helping my team from this past year. You know, I had, I had a Peach Jam Final Four team this past year. Um, so I'm, I'm, I got some kids that are still wrapping up their recruitments, and I am actively recruiting for my team this upcoming year. Sure. Um, so, you know, from a Wren's perspective, you know, it's it's a little bit of – you know, kind of putting a bow on this past year and and then obviously trying to build another great team. So that that's what we're working on right now. I love it. I love it. And I'm hopeful that we'll be able to speak throughout the basketball season. Uh, thank you again for doing this, Andy. This was a whole lot of fun. We really do appreciate it. Oh, man, thank you. Thank that's, you. It was great. That's, uh, that's Andy Borman. He's joining us here on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Amazing stuff right there from Andy Borman. Really enjoyed talking with him. You could follow him on Twitter at Andy underscore Borman. What a career. What a outstanding individual he is. Talking about the Duke basketball days, playing on the soccer team, coaching Kyle Filipowski. I'm excited for Filipowski, and I love that I've now got a friend in Andy Borman. That was awesome, and I'm very grateful he took time to chat with me here today on Locked on Blue Devils. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow and subscribe Locked on Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and review. I really do appreciate it when you take time to do that. 
Be sure to follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Coming up tomorrow, Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast will join us to preview the Duke football game versus Northwestern. That'll do it. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.